Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name is Sina and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. And in today's episode, I spoke with Jess, the co-founder of Hedera. If you're a plant lover like me, you will absolutely love this episode because Hedera and Jess are on a mission to make people take better care of their houseplants through their app. We had an amazing chat about how she started this journey a year ago from an idea and her testing the idea through her acting like a chatbot, <laughs> giving notifications to users on when to water their plants, to now registering over 20,000 houseplants on their app, which is now being used worldwide. It was an absolutely amazing conversation that I had with Jess, and I absolutely love plants, <laughs> as you can probably tell from the episode coming. Um, but yeah, and if you if you love plants as well, you absolutely love this episode too. And that takes me on to this week's shout out. So if you don't remember, every week I'm going to do a shout out to someone who's left a written review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're going to get involved as well, so get a written get a written review in, and I will give you a shout out too. And in this week's shout out goes to Tanvi, who says, brilliant each time. Love the podcast. You're such a lovely presenter, Sina. Thank you for creating those amazing episodes with valuable content for millennials all across the globe. We're always tuned in to see what's next. That was such a lovely message. Thank you so much. And if you like Tanvi, want to get a mention in next week's podcast, be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and I will give you a shout out as well. Um, and if you're on Android, yeah, I'm sorry, you can't leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I know, stupid system. But if you just leave me a message on our Instagram page, uh, showing that you're supporting the page, I will give you a shout out anyway. Because I want to be nice. <laughs> okay, cool. And uh, while you're at it, follow us on Instagram. That's where all the new episodes get announced, along with the previews and all that good stuff. So yeah, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Hey, Jess, how's it going? Hello, good, thanks. And you? Yeah, really good, thanks. How you been? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Nice that the the heat wave has come to an end. The thing is, when I saw what you guys are doing at Hedera, I was like, I need to get someone on. And the thing is, what I've I've read about it quite a lot actually during lockdown, there's been a huge sort of boom with houseplants. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this as well. You must have seen this as well. Yes. And so I thought, you know, now would be an absolute perfect time for, for me to invite you on. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was, as as for many people, it was a real uncertain time at the start of lockdown, because actually the problem was that a lot of the supply chains of getting the houseplants to the UK were suddenly stopped. Um, and we thought, oh, my God, you know, is this, we we launched Hedera a couple of months before, and we we're thinking, oh, no, these aren't, you know, the numbers aren't going to pick up in the way that we want, but it was actually been the exact opposite. Um, because obviously people have been at home and not able to go outside. So bringing greenery inside has never been so important, which is great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I've always really liked houseplants. My favorite houseplant is a peace lily. <laughs> but there's nice. a very good reason behind that is because uh, when I moved to university, when I moved to university, I really wants to have a house plant. I did a lot of research behind this and apparently uh, according to a lot of research done by NASA, mm -hmm. a peace lily is one of the best plants to have in your room because it gets rid of a lot of toxins and yeah, a lot of carcinogens. That's correct. And yeah, it just filters the air really well. Yeah. 
So that's that's basically my favorite plant because of that. Yeah, so many people are, are very concerned about that. You know, it's not just about purifying the air and and giving it more oxygen, but it's even taking a lot of chemical products that exist in our furniture or the the paint that we use on our walls. And plants can help take that out of the air um and you know, that's why it's so great for for a bedroom for instance or a kitchen getting rid of smells. Uh, people certainly ask us various questions about which plants they should buy based on all kinds of factors such as that. Um, but the peace lily, I, I always have hot fuzz that comes into mind. So what's your what's your favorite plant? For me, it has to be a Hoya. Well, at the moment, the thing is it changes. It changes so often because I'll find a new one and be like, oh, this is my favorite. But at the moment I have a Hoya, which is, um, it's like a long vine. And it's just gone absolutely mental in my home at the moment. So they, they're sprouting, trying to find new things to attach itself to. And I've been having to unravel it from, from various poles and things like that, that it's been sort of creeping into. It's very bizarre. It's almost alien. I love it. <laughs> okay, we're talking a lot of plants. We're getting distracted. I know <laughs> anyone that's listening has got to be a plant fan like us, but <laughs> it's easy to get dragged on and just talk about plants the whole podcast. But we 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 should actually talk about you and your startup so why don't you just kind of explain what your startup does and how it's kind of improving the whole plant space yeah absolutely so the startup's called hedera and effectively we help um people keep their house plants alive and happy and we do this by sending people tailored um care notifications to their mobile phone um through the app and this is based on not only the species of plant, but also where they are in the home. Basically, we saw that there were a huge amount of houseplants um, that people were acquiring into their homes, but some were putting it, for instance, by a radiator or by a sunny window, or even in yeah. places where the plant shouldn't be. And so we basically try and give our users as much information as possible and really guide them through caring through the houseplant um, to make them into better houseplant people basically a lot of people say oh I'm you know I'm black fingered or black thumbed and uh, by the end of it they become fully converted plant people (laughs) so are you targeting more the people that just already love plants like me or are you going towards the people that are like converting you know what I mean yeah that's the really interesting thing with us At at the beginning we were we were solely well primarily focusing on the people who wanted to get into house plants but didn't know where to start so for instance which house plant they should buy or um you know wanting to find an easy house plant and just have us tell them how to take care of it but actually what we've seen is we have different types of users that all use us in very different ways we do have very planty people on there um, because some people have over 45 plants in their home and they can't keep track of which plant they should be taking care of and with all the different schedules. Um, and we equally have people who are really interested in learning more about the plants themselves, you know, where they come from, what the variation of that plant has been throughout history and things like that. So we have sort of varied plant people at the moment using us in all different ways, which is really fantastic. Because from there, we can build such a great community that supports one another. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So how does it actually like work, you know, t- uh, practically? So would I would I log on and sort of like log the plants I have in my room right now? So like I have a small bonsai tree and I also have a peace lily. And then kind of over time, it's, it kind of reminds me that 
yeah i have to water my plant or like what else i need to do yeah so when you log into the app you find the plant that you want to register and then we ask you a series of questions and that goes from where you're putting your plant in the room so what the light conditions are is it near any humidity source such as a sink or is it in the shower room for instance or something like that and then we also ask you to name it and there's a specific reason why we do that because it's been researched that when we associate a name with an object we're more likely to uh, personify it and therefore take care of it yeah Um, and people really get into it um, as well and then we ask where you're putting it in your home, such as, you know, bedrooms. So you can just keep track of it and actually, you know, have it all organized in one place. Um, and then from there, we start calculating the ideal schedule. So you'll start getting notifications on your phone at exactly the right time that you should be watering it or fertilizing it or misting it. It sort of takes all of that guilt and, and faff out of it. Yeah, because some of my friends, I think when they've had plants in the past and they've died, mm. they actually get very upset. And they, I mean, I would get upset as well, but they get like very, very upset. Yeah. Um, and I think this app really helps that sort of thing because, well, you learn how to take care of a plant properly and uh, it reminds you all of the things. So I guess, yeah, I, I, I really like the idea. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it, it is crazy how, I mean, it, I remember the first sort of presentations that I was doing about Hedera and I'd go into this room of people and I'd always start with, you know, because people hear about Houseplant app and they go, okay, that's for a really specific audience. Uh, you know, a certain type yeah. of person would be using this. But every time I go, has anybody here killed a plant out of too much love or too little plant, uh, you know, love? And virtually everyone puts their hands up. We're all guilty of it. Um, and it is funny to see people's reactions when they do because effectively it's that kind of attitude towards caring for things that are alive and that are in your care. Um, and some people, yeah, rightfully so, get a bit upset about doing that. There's a huge amount of waste, especially in the UK, that we have with houseplants. Um, over 800 million pounds worth of houseplants are thrown out each year. Um, and, it, you know, it's really important that we we learn how to care for things around us and that we do care especially at the moment with the with the, all the environmental concerns that we have yeah yeah definitely and especially like i went to a networking event once and you know these networking events where you kind of go around and people just tell you about their their own businesses and their own like business ideas ideas and things and i met this one guy and he i think he already spent a bit of money on the idea i can't really remember but his idea was he pitched it to me really excitedly he was like yeah imagine a thing um, imagine a piece of equipment that could, uh, you know, convert CO2 uh, carbon into oxygen. And, you know, it's really good for the for the ozone layer. It's good for all of this stuff. And I was like, wait, isn't isn't that just like a plant? Like, <laughs> like that already exists and it's already doing its job like pretty well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, there's a huge amount of benefit for it, 100%. And people are realizing that more and more. There's a lot more importance, not just because of lockdown, of people spending time indoors. So they want to to bring the plants inside for the host of reasons, like we just said about air quality, but also boosting your creativity. Having plants around you really help for that, for your well-being and things like that. It's it's really great mm. that, that people are adopting them more. <laughs> yeah. So where did the idea come from for you personally? Yeah. So I've, I've always been into plants. Um, I've got a family that really keen gardeners and things like that. Um, 
but I, uh, I, I was a younger person renting, going from house to house, so I couldn't have my own garden. And so houseplants obviously were the, the next best thing, especially when you're, you're living in urban environments like a city um, with sometimes little access to a park, especially in winter when everything's dark, spending your whole day in front of a laptop. So I, I had this increasing passion in houseplants. And when it became cool, because I was definitely into them when they weren't as cool as they are now, um, <laughs> there were sort of these tropical plants that were, were coming onto the market and they were really hard to take care of because a lot of tropical plants, for instance, need high humidity because their natural environment will be in the rainforest, for instance. And so I started killing them by accident and I was getting upset about it. And I thought, okay, I want to start, you know, I can't do this on intuition. I need to really start looking up what this plant needs in order to thrive um, and started getting, you know, better at it and increasing my collection considerably. And friends kept coming up to me saying, you know, Jess, what, what can I do to keep this plant alive? What's wrong with it? Where should I put it? Which plant should I buy for this space? Mm, and looking yeah. around, I just couldn't find anything that would suit that problem and like so many startup founders it starts with a problem that you have personally and then you see other people have that problem and I thought oh this is cool this is something I would love to build and do so so here we are today <laughs> so how did you first start it how what was the sort of initial sort of steps so you had you had the idea of what mm. the problem is yeah what were the first sort of steps to actually starting it yeah so what after obviously talking to various people and, and sound checking, um, you know, you kind of have that, am I, am I being crazy here? And it's a big step to, to mm. really throw yourself into starting a company. So after doing all those sound checks and people going, yeah, okay, do it, do it. I had to think of a sort of easy way of testing whether the idea was going to work. And so one of the reasons, one of the things that I did was um, effectively became a chatbot. So I uh, had some people. Um, I always that... love these stories because they're always so creative. <laughs> like the MVP stories, oh, they're yeah. always so creative. I love. That's why I asked you because I knew it'd be something creative like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I started messaging um, one or two friends about their plants. Um, so they told me which ones they had. They told them where they were, and I would basically myself set a calendar reminder of exactly what they had to do at what time, and would ping them uh you know whatsapp message saying oh you've got to water it today um and they'd sort of feedback on that and basically ask the question at the end of the of the trial did that annoy you and they were like no this is great keep going I was like well I'm not, I can't do that all the time um so I ended up putting the idea forward to a company called uh, Knowledge and Knowledge is um a Bristol-based company part of Opus Recruitment who train uh, future developers so you can do a developer course in three months and for one month of those three they bring in a startup who have something they want to build something technical and you effectively get 17 developers for free for a month and I ended up winning this this competition and pitching the idea and it went from zero to a hundred I was running into this pitch without even a name and kind of got this presentation together and yeah they selected me and and they built the very first prototype of like a web app of Hedera and from there we were able to sign up 100 people sign up five retailers who are going to help 
support us and they were going to give this added care and this information that we had to their customers. And that just completely validated the idea because we got these 100 people in, in only a matter of weeks just through word of mouth. Wow. Um, and, you know, it was clunky and I was even, you know, it was, it, it was a proper MVP, but it, it was enough to say, okay, this is, <laughs> this is worth pursuing. Um, so that was when I, I got about um, finding a technical co-founder because I knew I wanted it to be developed in-house and I wanted somebody who really you know, understood technology and could help build it. And yeah, I ended up finding Ben and we got on straight away and we had the same goals and aims of what we wanted in life, what we wanted to build, the same passion, but different brains as well, which is really important when finding a co-founder. And literally... Yeah, Three months later, the first proper app launched on the app stores. So it's been a very quick journey. Wow. That sounds crazy, uh, crazy quick. Mm. Sounds really, really quick. So from you being a chatbot to launching a web app and then, you know, finding a co-founder. It was Yeah, wow, really quick. Yeah, it was great. So what's the growth been like from that those sort of stages to where it is right now? Well, it's been it's been varied. I mean, as soon as the app launched, we had a huge increase of users coming on. And it was really important for us to make sure that we were getting users coming from all over the place. You know, we mentioned before about those different niches of types of customers. And, and we needed to make sure that we were targeting the right ones and that our messaging was correct and actually that we were giving them the features that they needed. And so for, I think up to this point, it's been a lot of learning. It's been a lot of listening. It's been a lot of asking questions. And it's been surprising to see how many people are still coming onto the onto the app. I, I logged in for first time in a while about where our users were in the world and seeing them in like China and Chile and Indonesia. It's just like, what? This is blowing yeah. my mind. <laughs> um, but it certainly slowed down, you know, due to COVID because we were fundraising just before COVID hit and we were set to close on the day that lockdown happened. And that would have given us, you know, the funds to develop a lot more quickly and acquire new users. Because um, we saw that it was very easy and very cheap and quick for us to acquire users on social media platforms. Because mm. the great thing about plants is that they look amazing. So people are talking yeah. about them constantly. Um, but we decided to actually step away from that investment and make the conscious decision to step away um, and not take it and grow organically. So these past couple of months have just been, again, growing organically, us working on the app, listening and building um, and growing from there, which has actually worked so well in our favor. Before we talk about fundraising, I want to, yeah, I want to find out more about that. Before we talk about fundraising, um, yeah, it's crazy how you've got, you know, users in like China, you said, like, I find that really crazy as well. Like even with my podcast, People yeah. listen in countries where I didn't even know that they had podcasts. Like, yeah. It's crazy. I didn't. Like, I I was I was top three in Qatar in in the entrepreneurialism category. Amazing. I was third, and I was like, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that these guys even like had podcasts. I just. Yeah. That's really naive of me. It sounds really dumb to say that, but like, I didn't even think that people listened to them. I just thought it was a I don't know UK US thing. Yeah. I really didn't. It's really crazy when you get those analytics and you kind of look at your user base or mm. in my case, listener base, and you're like, how are these people even finding me? Well, that's the great thing about technology. And I've always worked in technology. I've never been product focused 
you know, as in physical, having a physical product. I mean, the, the power of the internet is that we can, we, we don't define people by their geography anymore. We define them by their passions. So I was, as I mentioned, people posting about houseplants and they're in their community where they ask questions like, oh, you know, this is my new plant or, oh, this is what's wrong with it. And that group of people, it's not, you know, obviously there's the language that they're speaking in English. So there has to be that sort of degree that, that binds them all together. But actually you could, you could be anywhere in the world, but still have the same passion with people. And that's what I love so much about tech products and why I'd always want to, to work in technology is that you can reach people from so far away, but actually on a, such a better level because you're really appealing to something specific that they care about rather than just their geography, for instance. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I love that. That's really good. Um, and that, 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 I really love the internet as well because of that, because you can reach people, you know, without, it, it literally go, you can go to any corner of the earth and it's really, it's, it's, the, it's such a unique thing for our generation to be able to, you know, use to their advantage. Um, and yeah, we've talked about it loads about on the podcast, but going back to the fundraising thing, mm. how, like, yeah, run us, like, run me through how that kind of worked and why you en- you ended up, like, did you turn it down, did you say? Yeah, we, we, we ended up not wanting it. So we, how do you, well, how, is the question, how do you start fundraising or, I mean, the, the... Yeah, just, just explain more about, like, how it happened for you and, like, yeah. yeah. So as I mentioned, we we realized that we, if we wanted to scale at the speed that we wanted to scale, we'd probably need an injection of funds to do that. We're two young entrepreneurs, so we don't necessarily have, you know, lots of savings and a whole career behind us to quit everything and solely work on Hedera. So we needed to cover our backs a little bit. We needed, and, and the revenue wasn't going to come in straight away. Um, because part of the plan was to not monetize for a certain amount of time to make sure that we'd built up the correct consumer base, for instance, and that we'd developed the right features that people would be willing to to pay for. Um, so how we wanted to, to fundraise was specifically through angel investment. So we wanted to find key people, not just for their money, but actually people who would bring expertise into the business that would help us scale. So we were talking to somebody who had a background in horticulture. We then talked to somebody who had their own you know, accountancy firm, basically checking all these boxes of people who, yes, could invest in the business, but also had knowledge in areas that we maybe won't be as competent with. And if people like that could come into the business and that we could ask these questions to, you know, that would be really valuable for us. So we spent the month sort of building that up, building that network. And, and that happens in various ways, introductions, people that we've known from previous jobs. I mean, you hear this great story about the guys at Innocent Smoothie who were fundraising and literally just sent an email out to their whole contact book on their email list saying, and the subject was literally, hmm. is anybody here rich? And that's pretty much, I mean, we did not We did it a bit better than, <laughs> like not so brash, um, but you know, that's the fact you just go on a hunt really and try and talk to as many people yeah, as possible. And, uh, and yeah, we ended up doing a lot of pitches as well. Um, and we're getting some offers of investment through the door. But as I said, COVID hit and we had to think about the long-term viability. We didn't know what was going to happen. You know, the market was absolutely up in the air. 
And we could even see our users that were changing behavior because, for instance, they went from being houseplant people to suddenly and, and younger people living in rented accommodation in the city. You know, we could sort of pin them down to quite a niche type of person. And all of a sudden we had people saying, oh, um, can you put sunflower seeds on here because I'm with my child at home and we want to take care of them. And that that doesn't sound like a huge amount of difference but actually when you're building something that's really important a piece of information means that okay what are we going more into seed growth now is this more outside plants are we now having Mm, children engaging with us so we're about to take you know we're doing a smaller raise with the view of raising in nine months time but suddenly we were thinking well if we build something for the next nine months and our users are changing behavior will we be able to raise in the nine months time? And with the market going up and down, what's it going to look like in nine months time? You don't, you know, so we had this sort of, we had to sit down and really think practically about the long-term viability of not the business, because obviously the business was still up and running with us at the, the, you know, the front of it, but you have a responsibility also towards the people that you're taking investment for. And the truth is at the start of lockdown, nobody knew what was happening um so we can't we couldn't say to an investor yes we are going to get you these returns because we just didn't know um which you know some people argue against and, and there are sort of pros and cons to each but actually for us it's been hugely beneficial because we're now at the point we're way further than we thought we were going to be um and may not need to have this investment you know moving forward so it's been definitely a lot of lessons learned from it I really wanted to talk to Jess about how lockdown really affected Hedera because we talked about it before, but the actual sheer growth in houseplant searches on Google, like it was massive. It more than doubled over like the lockdown period in, in searches alone. So I really wanted to see if lockdown was a really pivotal period for Jess and her business or if she experienced no change at all. Uh, absolutely, because I think it was more vocal during the lockdown period than ever about people showing interest or showing a a shift in attitude towards how they wanted to live, how they wanted, what they wanted to surround themselves with and how they wanted to engage with certain products. I think that a lot of people became a lot more aware of their surroundings and the type of businesses that they were engaging with. And for us to hear that and to be able to slot into that so nicely, it was a real sort of pivotal time for us and especially at that great time of a startup journey when change can come about very quickly and we were just there listening just soaking it all up and applying it um to our best capability because obviously we we were we you know we both have jobs on the side of of starting this company we're not full-time in the company so what we which is a good thing as well because it means that everything that we do is so carefully chosen you know it is that we make sure that nothing's done without thought um so yeah it has been a huge moment for us and you can see the conversations about Hedera you know they've just been going up and up people are engaging with communities more because they're at home alone um and we're a very talkative company you know with our users so it's been really great as with any sort of pivotal period I mean I had it with my own my own business there was always a, a sort of thing in my mind where it's like it's, when it's when it's pivotal you're always thinking like oh I had a good thing here if we change this sort of thing is 
like what's the future going to hold you know what i mean mm. so and there was thing you know when i when we pivoted there was thing you know there was some doubts there was a lot of sort of should we do this there was a lot of questioning was there any sort of any sort of that, like that during the lockdown period as well for you guys yeah so we obviously had our long term aim in mind but it's suddenly we had to break it down into chunks we had to sort of say okay what does 6 months goal look like what does 3 month goal look like and assess what we needed to do to get there but it's really nice again when you're at that stage where it's kind of like that R&D stage and not so you're not scared of changing because I think the worst thing that can happen is that you're very stubborn in your idea and that you think, well, this is what I set out to do. Therefore, I'm not going to listen to anyone. I'm not going to set these goals because I knew from the very start of my startup that this is what I was going to do. And that's a huge mistake to make. You should just, you know, be changing constantly and listening within reason. Obviously, you don't want to be pulled in every single direction because then you're not fulfilling that one problem. But that was the attitude that we had that we were very open to getting it wrong. Um, but as long as we had that three month, six month, nine month goal in mind, we were pretty certain that we were going to make the right decisions in order to get there. Um, and a lot of it comes from the people themselves who are buying or using your product. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. That's something that I've definitely learned as well is to not be scared of, you know, pivoting, not be scared of changing. Um, because I'd say like in the first initial stages, I was sort of afraid of that and I was kind of doubting it. But right now, you know, with, with new endeavors, I'm not, you know, I'm very, very open to it and I'm very open to feedback as well. And I think that's something that I really think that, you know, I really want other people to kind of take on board as well. Mm. Um, anyone like listening to this. Um, so yeah, I think that's really good advice that you've just given. Yeah, I mean, we have so many resources to have feedback if anything you know from linkedin i if i post questions about things people are very keen to answer and don't get me wrong you have to go through the feedback and select some and not the others and stuff but it's great having i think it's important to have a wide range of opinions given to you i don't just i don't just want a certain demographic of person giving me feedback i don't want just plant people necessarily giving me feedback depending on what the subject is, it's important to have this sort of array of people either in a close-knit circle, so a circle of mentors and advisors around you, and then further than that, a network such as LinkedIn that can sort of feed into your company and your ideas that you have. And actually, it's scary at first because effectively, especially for younger people, when you ask a question, and I certainly had this right at the start of startup journey, is that I was scared of asking questions because I thought if I asked a question, that was basically admitting that I didn't know what I was doing. So I was reluctant to do that. (laughs) And actually, since I've started doing it, people just respond so well. And I think it it didn't show a weakness that I thought I had. And that is probably very personal. It was completely in my own head that I thought I had this weakness if I was asking questions. but it's not and people are so willing to help it's great yeah no i couldn't agree more yeah that's that's definitely what i went through as well like i but right now like if you on my instagram stories um on my podcast i always i'm always like putting out polls and things just asking questions of of my audience because i want to yeah like i i want i want to improve obviously it's not just about the podcast it's about sort of any project that i'm doing 
because I find the I find the podcast Instagram users very in like very engaging yeah and so I put whenever I put a question on I get a lot of good responses and so it really helps me with things that I want to you know some ideas I think are really good mm. <laughs> but then when I put them out there people are like nah it's not very good so I'm mm-hmm. like oh, okay cool at least I know rather than you know spending a lot of time and resource into kind of pursuing this side project that I think is a pretty good idea but they don't think so yeah um so yeah for me it's really good to be able to just sort of have that and I think for anyone really there's always some sort of an avenue that they can use like you just said LinkedIn LinkedIn is a really good resource as well if you can't do that try to find you know people try not to use friends I think friends are very you know they'll say yes it's good to anything because they want to support you Mm. but if anything it's like kind of your worst enemy in that place because it's kind of like a false sort of I don't know what you how you can call it it, but it's it's false reassurance isn't it yeah it's something called like the ugly baby so if you you have your baby and you because it's your baby you'll just think it's great and so anyone who loves yeah. you are gonna be like oh <laughs> lovely so nice and, and very encouraging about it but actually to everyone else going well it's a bit ugly isn't it so they won't be giving you that that actual <laughs> the right the right impression or opinion. So if a if a random mo- mother came up to you with their baby, <laughs> asking <laughs> if it's ugly or not, you're gonna give you're gonna give them the truth. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, lying all the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, yeah, you you make sense. Like yeah, for sure. Um, out of interest, what do you call your plant? Oh my goodness, it depends on the plant. I. I have quite a few plants now. I actually don't even know how many plants I have anymore um, because they're scattered around my house. Um, But I like to give my plants very normal human names. Um, So I've got like a Norman, a Henry, things like that. Um, But not as creative as some of our users because we've been seeing some incredible ones like Leafy Nomates or Bane of My Life or uh mr cheesy and stuff like that honestly oh, it's hilarious bit, seeing them come it's quite through. creative yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i had a message from a user saying oh my god i love your app um but when it asked for me to name all my plants i spent a good hour sat on my couch <laughs> going through them individually trying to find the right name for them <laughs> which is hilarious but also really great because again it's it's we do that on purpose as well because the whole point is yeah okay if you you know if you're if you're not into naming them that's absolutely fine but you still have to so you kind of look at them for maybe a bit longer than you did before and try and assign a name to them and then again you you're you're personifying them so you'll care for them better in the future Mm, yeah okay after this podcast i'm gonna give my bonsai tree a name (laughs) you talked about i really want to ask you about this you talked about the the three I can't remember the exact time brackets, but it was a three-month goal, the six-month goal. You, yeah. you named like a few different goals in time. Hmm. What are those? <laughs> so varied. <laughs> um, varied. So in the short term, we are looking, well, we've actually reached one of them now. So one of them was to understand exactly who our users were so that we could better serve them. And that was primarily through the way that the app worked. So what does it look like? What does it feel like? What, how should we be talking to people? 
So there are various ways that we could do that. You know, are we reassuring? Are we going to be this really energetic thing that actually people are taking care of their plants when they're calming down at the end of their day? So actually, should we be more, um, you know, calm and, and, and relaxed when we talk to people? So that's really important because that's you're effectively giving, making people feel a certain way when they engage with your product. And we've done that now. And now we're moving on to the monetization stage. So we're looking at, okay, we're giving these basic features. We've acquired a couple of customers and i.e. retailers, but we want to find ways that we can provide more service that will demand more work on our side, but that people will be willing to pay for within the app. So that's our next stage. And further from there, it's uh, it's top secrets. Hmm. No, that's good. That's yeah, that's really good. Okay, cool. I think we're we're going to wrap it up there. So in in the meantime, Jess, it's been, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I, I think you can tell like we both really love plants and <laughs> yeah. I think all the, all the like non-plant lovers have probably switched off by now. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. But I don't really mind. <laughs> um, how can people stay in touch with you, stay in touch with Hedera in the meantime? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow us on any social media channel. So Instagram, Twitter, got a linkedin page facebook um we can download us on any of the app stores so google play or apple and myself you can add me on linkedin um which could be found on our website so hadira.io all right sweet thank you so much again jess and yeah, thanks um, for having me no my absolute pleasure and yeah i'll see you soon see you soon bye Okay, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. It was an absolute pleasure talking to Jess about Hedera and I had such a good time speaking to her. Um, and if you enjoyed, please be sure to leave a five-star rating. A written review on Apple Podcasts would be much appreciated. Um, make sure you take care of your plants. <laughs> Download her app to make sure you do. And follow us on Instagram. That's where all the new episodes get announced along with all the audiograms, all the previews and all that good stuff. Um, so make sure you go there it's popping off recently so it's good um and yeah i hope you enjoyed and i'll see you in the next episode